Do you ever experience occasional sleepless nights or sometimes have a difficult time falling asleep? My name is Kayla and I'd love to recommend one of March and Ash's most popular gummies, Camino Midnight Blueberry. It has five milligrams of THC and one milligram of CBN to help promote a restful night. And you just take one before going to bed. Take it from me, I microdose with cannabis almost every night and this formula is very relaxing for me. The secret is lavender and chamomile extracts plus that one milligram of CBN. Even though it is a small amount of CBN, that's all it takes to experience the potential therapeutic benefits of this edible. To learn more about Camino Midnight Blueberry, speak with one of your March and Ash concierges or visit us online at marchandash.com. Until then, sweet dreams. The information presented in this podcast is not intended to provide medical or legal advice. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Before using cannabis or making any changes to your treatment, consult a qualified healthcare provider. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Olas Media or its sponsors. Olas Media. This is Cannabis Enlightened with Dr. Leroy. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Dr. Leroy, your host of Cannabis Enlightened. And I am excited about today. I'm telling you, you know, this is 420. You probably won't hear this episode on 420, but it is 420 today. And when I was on my way to the studio, the oldest media studio, I passed by the building, the marching ass building, and I've got to tell you, the line was wrapped around the parking lot. People were trying to get in here. And you know what? When I was getting ready to park, I was asking the lady that was pulling out. I said, ma'am, are you getting ready to pull out? And she said her response to me was, well, sir, they ran out of bags, so there's no reason for you to come in here. And I said, well, no, 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 no. I, I work here. I have a podcast here. So just to tell you, just to show you how important today is, how busy it is here at March and Ash, um, and I hope that on 420, you were somewhere at some legal dispensary looking for your favorite cannabis enjoyment. So today I am so very fortunate to have two young ladies here, two very educated, professional ladies who are going to talk to us today about the business of cannabis in a special way, in a very special way. They have developed a niche. And as all of you know, for many years, I was a business professor and I taught a, a variety of business courses. And I would always say to students, you got to find a niche. You got to find your niche. Something special that perhaps nobody else is doing or perhaps that, that you find a need. You find a need. And I think they have decided that their need, their niche, is social equity. So without any further ado, I'm going to have them introduce themselves because my guests do it much, much better than I can. So, ladies, I'm going to let you decide which one of you is going to go first Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Danica. I am the founder at Greenish Brands. 
Um, and Greenish Brands is like a, the sister company for um, a few different companies, uh, whereas our retail side, Greenish Vibes, is a luxury apothecary where we're helping people with pain, anxiety, focus, and stress, all those ailments, by curating those CBD wellness and um, herbal-based remedies and accessories. Then we also, on the event side, we intentionally collaborate with black and women-owned brands. We host lifestyle um, and educational brand uh, engagements, activations to build community. Um, And then our third kind of publicist arm is premium world brand management, where we, um, you know, create opportunities for our clients and manage their um, publicity areas. Okay. And we're going to get into a little bit of that as we go along. But I think you have, not but, however, I think you also have a background that is a little bit different from cannabis. Mm -hmm. So what was that background? Yeah. So um, I've been in real estate for about 14 years, a licensed broker in Illinois and California. Um, I have a bachelor's in finance and economics. I was very much poised to be like, you know, the corporate in corporate America, a hedge fund trading and all that, you know, wow. the corporate world ended up getting laid off in 2008, working for JP Morgan. And that really started my real estate career full time because I thought that I would be doing it part time just for extra income. It turned into, you know, the ability to invest in properties and uh, usher people into real estate at like the height of the the crash, the financial crash. So it was a really great time. That was my, yeah, that's my background. So out of something bad, something really, really good came about. Definitely. Fantastic. Well, welcome. I'm glad you have you here. Thanks. And your associate (laughs) is? Yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Um, My name is Olamiji Pierce. I am the co-founder of Greenish Brands. Uh, CEO of Premium World Brand Management. And so um, Danica kind of gave a background as to like, you know, what we have going on, but my background is in strategic communications. Um, How I got into cannabis is very interesting. Traveling internationally uh, to West Africa often, I would kind of take a purview of what was popular in America and something that stood out to me in 2000 was it 2019 uh was cbd cbd was everywhere Mm -hmm. um and so i traveled to gambia and i um you know engaged the uh, ministry of agriculture to advocate for basically for them to give me some land i wanted to bring African-American farmers and cannabis experts over to West Africa to teach um, their working class young people to farm and be experts in growing and, you know, cultivating cannabis and CBD. Um, When I got back to the States, I caught my best friend of 20 plus years and told her what I was up to. And she actually... um, had already started Greenish Vibes. Okay. <clears throat> and so I came on board um, as a strategic brand director and now more of a strategic brand manager as we look to hire more individuals to support the business. Um, and kind of a, I support, I support the business and I support the CEO of Greenish Vibes uh, with, you know, 
strategic support of in all ways. Um, communication spans so many different variables as it relates to a business. And so we are uh, intentional with um, building strategic relationships um, that are in direct alignment with our uh, mission and our values. Okay. And so supporting that, um, and now more recently supporting uh, Greenish Brands um, as a publicist, which is what my background is in of almost 14 years now. Um, Danica, as the CEO, we've been really positioning her in the work that we are doing uh, in the space, the advocacy work and the social equity work that we're doing. Just recently, Danica had an interview with uh, San Diego Magazine, uh, the managing editor, Jackie Bryant. Wow. Yeah, she did a podcast this past Friday that's gonna Great. be accompanied with um, a print and a digital interview. And so, uh, yeah, just really supporting that at this moment is, is what we're doing and uh, wow. is, was how I'm folded into the mold. <laughs> Got it. Well, and Olamiji, I understand your cultural roots go a lot deeper than, like like mine go back to where um, I was born. Mm -hmm. And yours go back, your, your roots go back further to another continent. Is that they correct? They do, they do. Um, I'm, uh, through my paternal lineage, first generation born in America, I am Nigerian. Um, I am a traditional, um, I am the, I, how do we say this? I try to be very. Uh, Are you going to tell me you're a princess or. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. You know, okay. I try not to lead with that. I really want the work that I do in this world, you know, to lead for itself and not a royal title to uh, define who I am before I can, you know, speak for myself or show myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, I am an Olori, um, uh, uh, the wife of a traditional ruler who is the uh, ruler of the Yoruba people of the diaspora, wow. um, North America, uh, very now popular for uh, our feature in Bigger Than Africa, which is on Netflix about a year now. Um, wow and uh, more recently received a princess, actual princess title from the Amaklubi tribe in South, um, South Africa, Zulu Nation. Um, been for almost 10 years building a relationship with Nkosi Nsele, who is another traditional ruler over um, a, a part of Zulu, Zululand. Um, not so, the Zulu so king. We're going to see you on the next uh, Black Panther <laughs> movie, right? Because you're cast me. That would be dope, right? You you're, know? you're a royal princess. Yeah, that would or, be dope. Princess or queen? I am a, a queen means a owner. Uh, so in our tradition, uh, the king will always say that if there is a queen, then we don't need a king. And so Ooh. the understanding of queenship in Europe in from a Western perspective mm -hmm. is such that the queen is predominant. In Yoruba land, we have a figurehead that is a male, that's a king. Now, there are some female kings, but she's a female king, not a queen. So the wife of a king is, of course, you will say a queen, but traditionally, the title is Olori. And Olori oh. means owner of heads, and the head is the king. And so the influence is is uh, translated as best as you can translate from Yoruba dialect to English the importance of the role, but it's not necessarily called queen. We accept wow. it because we speak English, and that's mm -hmm. what 
African-American people speak. And so wow. we say queen, wow. now, but that is the historical reference and uh, significance of the Both title. of you have <coughs> such rich backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, a brother from, you know, Imperial. <laughs> <laughs> we were born and raised in Chicago, yeah. you know. Okay. That's how well, we connected. You yeah. know, that brings me to, how I'm wondering with, with such a rich background that each of you have, how did you get together? Uh, eighth grade, seventh grade, uh, we've been friends. I wasn't always so rich. <laughs> you know, this development came, you know, the seeds were there. Uh, but we're we're like best friends. We, okay. you know, through life's challenges, through ups and downs, you know, this is my best friend of since before I turned 13. So I was like 12. I think we were 12 when we met. So, so but when did you decide as adults... Mm-hmm. to get together and, and you know, do this company, been, do this consulting? Well, we've done, yeah, a lot of work in other companies. Yeah, like, we've been um, trying to. Yeah, we we thought of it. We worked on, like, a liquor store, <laughs> uh, but we consulted in nonprofits. I had mm-hmm. Color My Success when I got out of college. Um, it was meant to uh, create mentor relationships with college students. Mm-hmm. We worked on that together. You know, I'm hosting, like, workshops for college students and stuff, mm-hmm. so. We've always worked together, but it wasn't until after she came back from Africa, I had started Greenish Vibes, and my sister, who was an attorney in Illinois, was researching like licensing as Illinois was becoming legal. Sure. And my sister consults uh, for cannabis farmers, so that was initially how we kind of said, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to be working in cannabis together, mm-hmm. um, because okay. then we begun to consult cannabis hemp, uh, hemp farmers, hemp landowners. I mean, they just started coming to us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, then why the social equity part? Where, where did that, how did the social equity part come to, you know, your epiphany and say, okay, or did you both wake up and say, we're going to do social equity? I mean, I think that it was always, always intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, we started the business intentionally uh, to be retailers, but that we would, um, you know, give our partners, our colleagues, our black business owners, um, you know, intentionally give them shelf space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was automatically like a part of our brand, mm-hmm. you know, intentionally. So, and I think that's just important because just as difficult as it is for us to build a business in this space, in this industry, like we have to create allyships and bridges and communities as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, lots of confusion mm-hmm. about misinterpretations, misconceptions mm-hmm. about social <laughs> equity. I've had mm-hmm. people on, you know, my program, a podcast to talk about social equity and it's like nobody really has the same mm-hmm. definition, the mm-hmm. same meaning. So I need to get the definitive mm-hmm. word from you too. So mm-hmm. what does social what is social equity? Well, even track back to that last question about when it clicked for us, if you remember, I kind of was just like saying, okay, you know, going along with what Danica wanted for like the first six months to a year. I just, you know, because Danica, it was it's Danica's vision, greenish vibes. But then we went to MJ Biz conference. That was like my first experience, mm-hmm. firsthand in the industry. And, and MJ Biz for our and listeners is uh, a cannabis Vegas. conference, mm-hmm. yearly cannabis conference. And, yep. Okay. And uh, very much whitewashed is what I will call it. Mm. And it just li- it made me physically sick. I got sick, you know. At the conference, I had to lay down. <laughs> it's mm. too much. Okay. It's too much. And we didn't even yeah. go to the conference. I didn't even go into the conference. We were mm. just at the main hotel, you know. Um, I don't even remember the name. It was all 
Oh, but the nation. We had a yeah. podcast. We were on. We had, um, I know. Oh, so long ago. Two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. You know, I was that. there too. And mm-hmm. But I don't know if I was there at the same time you were. Mm-hmm. Could have been. Mm-hmm. This was yeah, twenty so what? Twenty two. Yeah. Twenty one. No, twenty one. Yeah. So that was last year. So that was when I kind of was like, oh yeah, now nah, this is too much because she had told me about it. You know how you know uh, it's under this amount of percent black owned in the industry and all these facts you will mm-hmm. always be hitting me with, but it wasn't until I experienced it and then I got really fired up to really support the vision behind. Um, creating some space if anything we just need a little space to breathe to even do what we want to do mm-hmm. um to actually to implement our strategy for our business it's just really smothering i felt real smothered and so we looked up before we went the social equity program and we do this for all the conferences mm-hmm. and it had been fulfilled i believe you know they have only so many the slots mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and so um this year, I saw that they partnered with Black Cannabis Magazine. So, you know, they're trying. People are trying. Um, but the definition as it relates to social equity and, you know, what it's like you people will say what it is, but the implementation of it is what really what we need oh. to be discussing. It's okay. like you're, you're talking about it, but what, what are you doing? And then once we really start peeling back those layers on what those people are really doing, they're not doing much. Recent experience with um, Benzinga cannabis conference in Miami we pitched them a similar um, opportunity for us to host and create space for other black cannabis founders uh, BIPOC founders at the conference uh, similar to what we did in March March 3rd at UCSD um, founders in cannabis creating a conversation around social equity mm-hmm. well turns out and even though on the website it says you know they have this for women and they have this for BIPOC they have something with grow women and something else some type of opportunity to come into the can to the into the um, conference or something something that is supposed to be there when we peel back the layers got into contact with the individual who was over that it was no type of program there was no type of offering. It was mostly, I'll give you a discount, but ultimately we were being charged $7,000 to facilitate a conversation about social equity. No, thank and, you. And social equity, what you were bringing to them is the inclusion of women and people of color mm-hmm. and in, into the conversation. Yeah, right. space okay. within the conference to uh, have a conversation or exercise advocacy for black founders, black cannabis okay. businesses, people of color, that community. Um, because oftentimes, like MJ Biz, in our experience when we went, is white. there's just white men. You know, mm-hmm. just a lot of white people. Um, and you don't see any black people in this industry is literally built on you know the backs of black people mm-hmm. you know the black market legacy market how however you be it but it still is what created the understanding of what is possible you know and so yeah. so you you to advocate for more social equity ownership which which is another way of saying more um you know female mm-hmm. and people of color absolutely okay for sure. So now I remember um, when I was going to college, which wasn't that long ago, <laughs> okay, um, 
I went through a program called EOP, Educational Opportunity Program, mm -hmm. which helped me get into, you know, the college. And some people were thinking that, well, he got into college, you know, he was less than, you know, he didn't get in like everybody else. Is that something? Sometimes people see that in social equity. Okay, you're, you're in the cannabis space, mm -hmm. but you're, you didn't really get in here, you know, the right way or correct way. What's your take on that? I mean, social equity is just saying that you're going to get, like, you have to realize that because of the war on drugs, we aren't all, sorry, we aren't all at the same level. So our white counterparts have a whole different advantage than black founders. So social equity gives us even the opportunity to apply for a license because most of us don't have a million dollars in liquidity to go and apply for a state license anywhere in California or, mm -hmm. you know, otherwise the processes are generally the same where you got to have a mm -hmm. couple million dollars in assets and, you know, ability to hold property while you await licensing, ability to, um, you know, right. you didn't, right. and not to even mention that you can't get a loan for cannabis. So, you know, we have so many uh, disparities when entering mm -hmm. the industry. Absolutely. We don't have the know-how. We don't have the business acumen. Right. And those that do have to be rallying together to, you know, for the benefit of everyone. You know, but, I'm so very glad to hear you two talk about the financial um, part of cannabis. Because so many people that I talk to, they feel like, oh, okay, I can apply for a license on Monday and by Friday, I can have my store open or my cultivation open. It's not gonna take that much. And I try to explain to people that, you know, they're, you're not talking about hundreds or thousands, you're talking about millions mm -hmm. of dollars Absolutely. that's necessary mm -hmm. that you could lose too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you talk about competing with multi-state operators who are well-funded, who will, you know, kind of beat you to the process in most states. Mm -hmm. And um, so social equity is necessary so we can save space for ourselves mm -hmm. so that we can have access, you know. Well, how do, we, how, do, how do social equity people get funded? I mean, I, mean, I, I want to see, and I'm sure you want to see, um, more women, people of color, but how do they get the money? Um, so, for instance, in San Diego County, um, they have grants that are they're, that they set aside for the social e equity applicants to apply to prove that they meet the criteria. Um, they come up with their business plan, but it's all you know. They are subsidizing. The county is able to subsidize those licensing fees, um, the application fees, the uh, requirement to hold real estate before you get licensed. So. The money comes from grants, from tax, uh, you know, incentives, mm -hmm. as it should, because a lot the harm was intentional. So, you know, is there is there a way for them to learn about the business of cannabis and and various policies that that are present in the cannabis space? Is that uh, available too? Yeah, there's um, advocacy organizations. There's Canaclusive. There is. Um, Canna Noir, there's CEASD in San Diego. There are organizations uh, that exist for this purpose that are fighting to get cannabis deregulated um, as a Schedule One drug federally and um, also contributing to the cannabis conversation, social, social equity 
uh, San Diego, they were measuring the harm. So mm-hmm. CEASD, Anthony Avalos was very, um, you know, his organization and Armand King, a lot of them, you know, have been super um, active in participating in those harm conversations because that's important because we want to make sure that as they're developing this social equity program, that the harm that the war on drugs did to black uh, indigenous populations is really calculated. I'm glad you're reminding people about the Schedule One drug. Could you talk about that a little bit? What what is the, you know, that's come up before in conversation. Schedule One means what? It means that it's illegal federally. Okay. So no banks will um, will lend to you. You can't mm-hmm. get a loan. You can't get a bank account. We are very super fortunate to have uh, have the ability to get a hemp regulated account, which means that we're re- you know compliant. But we have to pay for that the privilege to have that account for them to you know have the regulation and the oversight that they need. And we're not we are only selling CBD. So mm-hmm. you know by any way that you're in the industry, any ancillary products, you are affected by the fact that cannabis is um, illegal on the federal. So it's not for the faint of heart. It's not. I mean, you have to really want this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to be passionate about uh, cannabis in order to get in this Mm -hmm. because there's so many things that will deter you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So... um, you two have been in the social equity space for quite a while. Uh, for a few years now. Yeah. A few years. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the problems that you've encountered? Now, I know you talked about some of them with respect to the conferences that you've been to, but mm-hmm. when you start talking to, let's say, different counties or cities, what are some of the problems you've encountered when you try to you know, convince them or talk to them about social equity? Um, I mean, when these are all public conversations, so some of the things that I've noticed that we talked about on the way down here is when, um, you know, the residents of, say, the North County, you know, in North County, for instance, those residents are opposing social equity or opposing cannabis licensing in their um, you know, in their area. So that's definitely a major conversation. They don't see the value um, of the municipalities paying um, for black people to own licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really... Is that, do you think that's because of a, um, a lack of knowledge about social equity? A lack of or knowledge about the cannabis, the business of cannabis itself. Historical, um, a lack of knowledge about systematic oppression, um, a lack of knowledge about, uh, a lack of understanding, a, a lack of understanding about the lived and shared experiences of black folks. That's just period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you really understood, then you would be saying, well, you know, let the government give them everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, like I said, we're from Chicago, uh, inner city. We know what the war on drugs did to families. We know what the war on drugs did to uh, communities, our generation, our uh, parents' generation, <clears throat> and so forth and so on. And so, you know, it was a very intentional, it wasn't a war on drugs, it was a war on black people, mm-hmm. black and brown people, and that just is what it is. And so if you've been to war with the American government, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like let the people get what they need, you know, to rehabilitate, to sustain themselves, to actually get on a track to um, 
be able to even attain some type of generational wealth. I mean, we some communities are really, really uh, still uh, uh, bad off, you know. Because we're, of, we're yeah. yeah, because of it. You know, we're fortunate. And that war know? on drugs is like, what, 40, 50, 60 years? Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, is it, if, is it over? I mean, we yeah, still today, that's exactly. when, you know, you ask what does 420 mean to you? To me, it means we still have a lot of work to do. Everybody is still people locked up mm-hmm. for... Um, Min, min, minimal, small right. uh, possession charges and um, things of that nature. And so if, if there are people locked up still today for marijuana-related charges and then you got multinational corporations out here doing the same thing mm-hmm. legally, it's just like the hypocrisy just has to end somewhere. Exactly. You know, when is it over? Yes. yes. You know, um, we can clearly see what y'all did is documented. What was done, the uh, stigmatization of it, the mm-hmm. propaganda mm-hmm. over decade, decade, decade. And then the support of the over policing of black and brown communities. Decade, decade, decade. Now this is what we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so hip- hypocritical. Right. Mm-hmm. Give the people right. what they need so that they can be on an equal footing so we can be moving forward or do you just not want us to be on an equal footing right. mm-hmm. again and right. that's why we exist to continue sure. to try to have these conversations and create space for these conversations because it's just really is sickening yeah. it's like right. seriously right. Mm-hmm. and one of the things I lead with all the time in, in, in my podcast with Cannabis Enlightened is talking about the positive aspect of cannabis mm-hmm. and it sounds like you two together Absolutely. and individually mm-hmm. um, have developed CBD mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. and I'm always focusing and telling people it's healing it heals mm-hmm. exactly. yes. okay because yes. you don't have to take a lot of appeals yes um, yeah absolutely we believe that uh, CBD is the future of wellness okay you know natural wellness is the future of holistic wellness for everyone Mm -hmm. everything that we need is in nature you Mm -hmm. know we just got to figure out what goes where how to apply it right you know in cbd with the with our endocannabinoid system and with the uh cannabinoid receptors that we have to the cannabinoids that are inside of the cannabis plant Mm -hmm. our bodies are made for this you know um i always tell people that are experiencing pain and different things like that. One of our top sellers, a bath bomb, is relaxation like you've never mm. experienced before. I got scared when I got in the <laughs> bath because I, I forgot it was natural. I felt, I felt so relaxed, I forgot it was natural. Oh my goodness. I was like, how long am I supposed to be here? Like, it was a drug. She was like, girl, as long as you want. I was like, oh yeah, because it's natural. I'm like, oh my God. You know what that brings to mind the fact that you know as you can see by the the shirt that i'm wearing the audience can't mm-hmm. see it but you know knowledge is power mm-hmm. uh, and i really believe in that and a lot of people don't know a lot about cannabis mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they think that it's schedule one it has no mm-hmm. medical significance whatsoever mm-hmm. it's against the law mm-hmm. but it has significance maybe not for everybody right you mm-hmm. know um I can't think of any medication that, you know, is for everybody. 
Mm-hmm. But certainly, I think you would agree with me that people need to find out Absolutely. about the business of cannabis mm-hmm. and what cannabis can do for you. Mm-hmm. I, I think cannabis is for everybody. Yeah, because there's so different, so many different modes. You can yeah. use it topically, yeah. ingestible, so mm-hmm. many different yeah. of the type. cannabinoids, CBD, mm-hmm. CBGs mm-hmm. for sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you just need to use it functionally and figure out what, what you're needing. You. Right. Just like the pharmaceuticals, right. what's your ailment, what's mm-hmm. your, you know, mm-hmm. and use it that way. And then mm-hmm. it can be absolutely, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not about getting high. Right. Because there's the CBD part of it that doesn't get you high at all, mm-hmm. you know. So it's really about finding. Right. And if you want to get high, that's cool, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> but not on CBD. Not the recreational t- well, part of it, the, but it gets uh, lost. THC. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, sure. the recreational part yeah, gets sure. lost. And that's why I think that we have been wanting to lean into the medicinal side. Because where is that large? You know, you have March and Ash. Right. They are, you know, big on THC. But who's the retailer that's focused on CBD mm-hmm. medicinally? Mm-hmm. And, you know, having that conversation, having those brand engagements. Right. Uh, having the conversations about it because you said people don't know they don't don't even know that you know your pain your sleep whatever ailments you know that there's something probably for cramps subliminal you know patches and stuff you know it's just so many they don't know Mm -hmm. yeah i try to get people to just walk in just come in a store yeah uh come in a marching ash store and you'll see how well lit it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my reference to March and Ash is always that people laugh sometimes. It's the, you know, the Nordstrom's of uh, the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in and you see, oh, my, look at yeah. all these lights. And people are, mm-hmm. are willing to help you. And mm-hmm. they have information. And they can t- they, they always ask, what, what are you looking for? What do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you need? Which is, I can appreciate your real estate uh, background because I have a real estate background also. And my first question is, what do you need? What are you looking for? Mm -hmm. And then you can try to match that. Exactly. Which brings me to, and we talked about problems. Um, What are some of the results uh, that you have encountered? I always, you know, tell people that, you know, your business is good, but tell me about what's happened that's good. What are some of your successes? Well, like I just said, you know, San Diego Magazine, check us out soon. (laughs) (laughs) That's a huge win for us. Um, And we are just getting started. I believe the panel discussion March 3rd that we hosted uh, in partnership with the San Diego County Black Chamber of Commerce as a strategic partner uh, with in strategic partnership with Jack's Cannabis, Dripping Candles, Cush yeah. um, Queen, Vessel brand. brand. I mean, we we had a lot of strategic partners and mm-hmm. vendor brands come on board to support us mm-hmm. in that. You received your gift yet? Yes, I did. I, you know, I meant to call you. Okay, Thank you very just, much. I, I was hoping you did because no. I mentioned it. And I'm like, if you did it, too bad because that is a bad thing. I, I you just gonna, showed up without this say. man's gift. I, I think you called me. I did. Call me. I was gonna. I would say on okay, air. Where's my stuff? Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> no, I'm no. just happy you got it. But no, you I see, did. you know, the quality of uh, yes. support that we had, yes. um, and pulling that off, and that is just on the strength of relationships. That's the, on the strength of true alignment mm-hmm. with our um, our mission and our right. value and our ethos mm-hmm. uh, as individuals as, as well as a company as a right. brand. Um, and so, yeah, we're those are some of our wins. Yeah. Ooh, I'm losing to, to give. That that's some context. Um, uh, you two were very kind in extending an invitation to me to speak uh, on, at a program. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there in person mm-hmm. uh, because I was recovering from um, knee surgery. Uh, so I did it. You set it up so I could be there virtually, and uh, that was really great. I think there was myself and there was, was it Rick? 
Oh, Freeway Ricky Free, Ross. Rick yeah, Ross was there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Freeway Ricky Ross, Virgil Grant, um, Cheryl Murrow, yourself, yeah. Mike Malcolm, Bryant uh, Bowens, and then it was moderated by Cynthia Ajani. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. And and that's part of what you do in your social equity as social equity consultants. Yes. So you're not only talking to you know, uh, cities and counties and, and maybe businesses, mm-hmm. you know, convincing them of the need for social equity. Mm-hmm. But you're also sponsoring events mm-hmm. to educate the populace about cannabis, about the business of cannabis mm-hmm. and things they need to know. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just fantastic. So um, you, you've talked about the future. Is there, is there anything else you'd like to share with the, the Cannabis Enlightened audience about you too? You, you sound like not only professional and knowledgeable, but you sound like, and you appear, and you are, I can tell, two fun ladies. Absolutely, super fun. I mean, you you gotta be laughing and having fun and Mm -hmm. being passionate about stuff in order to like, have thick enough skin to make it. And honestly, cannabis has really helped me even heal and lean into that a lot more. Um, but I just want to say that, yeah, we got tons of partnerships coming up. We're going to be launching a crowdfunding campaign. Um, we are working on a mobile dispensary concept. Uh, we got lots of stuff coming Ooh, up. mobile so. dispensary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that a licensed kind of thing that you have to you do? You know, it's mo- mobile boutique as in, you know, Greenish Vibes and our CBD apothecary. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and you're, you've talked about the fact that one of your businesses or – Maybe a couple of your businesses are specifically focused at women? Um, so the Greenish brands particularly does intentionally um, like source products from black and women-owned brands. Okay. So like Kush Queen, Elza Elixirs, okay. Session Goods. Mm-hmm. You know, so they are not all black women-owned, but they are certainly companies that share our ethos that are going to be supporting our um, advocacy efforts. Um, so, yeah, we definitely highlight uh, women and black uh, operators. Well, I hope you two don't have a lot to do over the next few days because what I'm I'm getting ready to ask you to give the audience your contact information because I can tell, I, I can feel the vibes from the audience that people are going to be calling you and saying, not only do I want to get some of your products, but I want to get involved with you and what you're doing. So how can how can the Cannabis Enlightened audience uh, contact you? Um, definitely our website, best way to see our uh, products and our uh, events happening. Sign up on our newsletter is at greenishbrands.com. You can find us on Instagram at Get Greenish Brands, uh, Facebook, Get Greenish Brands, and yeah. Our email is hi at greenishbrands.com so give me that again hi h-i at greenishbrands.com yes please reach out we're definitely big on uh, strategic collaboration uh, leveraging that for growth uh, for positioning and you know all the good stuff so for sure all the good stuff Mm -hmm. well thank you very much ladies it has been a real treat and pleasure to to talk with you today on on april 20th you know 420, 420. so that's 420, special it's special so it's really special thank you for ha- uh, saving you. the date for us yeah, oh that's really well you know what and, and you know what i think the <laughs> it was interesting the way this came together because i spoke with you individually mm-hmm. uh i think i spoke with olamaji first mm-hmm. and you had said an earlier date mm-hmm. and then uh danica's you're like Oh no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we can't do that. Yeah. And then you got together and you said, how about, I think I gave you either uh, 17th or 20th. Mm -hmm. And you said, let's do, yeah, let's do 420. (laughs) And I said, I wasn't thinking about the real big significance of it. I was not either. Either. Until it got. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really glad and happy that that Mm -hmm. you two were able to come. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. And I look forward to having you back again sometime, too. Okay. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Don't don't get too big that you can't come. No, absolutely. Be on Cannabis Enlightened on. Dr. Leroy's show, okay? No, we won't ever be too big. Thank you so much for your hospitality, Mm -hmm. uh, for your welcoming us, and yeah. And for the future invitation, we'll definitely be back. Okay. Well, you know what? And I think that when we first spoke, you had said, um, well, Dr. Leroy, I know that you have a podcast. Is there any way we can also get on your podcast? So (laughs) you were working it. Oh, yeah. And from that point on, I said, I have got to have those ladies mm-hmm. on uh, an episode. Mm-hmm. And typically we'll just pitch Danica, you know, but when, you know, you said you were down in March and Ash, I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming. I'll be, I'll do an interview too. I'll do it too. It's cool. So, and I, I also, I won't. well, we're, <laughs> I'm also going to reciprocate. You had sent a, uh, a package to me. And once we finish um, this episode, I'm going to present you two with our version. Okay. Oh, I love gifts. Okay. It's my love language. I was going to say if you were nice, but shoot, you, you've I been more. You, nice. No, you've been better than nice. Better Aww. than nice. So, so nice um, once again, thank beautiful. you very much for being so uh, gracious with your time and coming mm-hmm. on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you for awesome. having us. So thank you very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you listening again to a very exciting episode of Cannabis Enlightened. You can enjoy this episode and all of the Cannabis Enlightened episodes that are on the Olus Media Network at CannabisEnlightened.com. And also, by all means, feel free to reach out to me with your questions, comments, or recommendations, or just to say hi at Dr. Leroy at CannabisEnlightened.com. And remember, knowledge is power. On behalf of March and Ash, uh, and this is very, very special because it is uh, 420. On behalf of March and Ash, I want to present both of you with a goodie bag. Thank you so much. Nice. Okay. Oh, I love gifts. So, I love gifts. So, now, there's, there's a bag there. Okay. That I, I think you should look what's in the bag second. Yeah, that mm-hmm. look at that first. Mm-hmm. So you have a marching ash hat. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. I was gonna ask if I could keep this cup. Marching ash. Yeah, yeah. So now, we have to now you have to give us that cup back and keep the one that you drank out of. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Air freshener. I just got a call out. <laughs> that works perfectly. Oh wow, y'all! Oh wow, Doctor Brady, Marsha Ash, y'all really outdid y'all. So thank you so much. This I love because have you ever had those uh, empty drinks? They're a bottle downstairs at Marsha Ash. They have. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of it. Nope. And you need one of these. Yeah, you do need an opener. Oh, this stuff is. But they also have like. They also have the cans. They also have the cans that don't have opener. It's kind of a special way you open it. Yeah, look at it. I don't know if you can. Open it. 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 Open it.
honey lemon and it's strong too. 100 milligrams on so, it. So, I mean, I don't know take how much sip. you take at one time, but. I mean, tons uh, of favorite. I just see tons of favorite. Tons of my favorite. I know stuff. all of this is a favorite brand. I was just going to say, remember, I did one of these uh, for our last uh, podcast. Right after Ellen, they, they ended up in our Palm Springs bag from uh, another from this point on, where are you going to tell all your friends to come and buy their cannabis products? Marching ass. Multiple <laughs> locations. <laughs> North County. Dang. One in I, Vista. I need an endorsement deal. She's <laughs> giving it away. Hey. Thank you for listening to the Cannabis in Line podcast, sponsored by March and Ash. If you're interested in exploring more about the products and services offered at March and Ash, be sure to visit their website at marchandash.com. We invite your comments, questions, and show ideas. Visit cannabisinline.com or email us at drleroy at cannabisinline.com. That's a dr.leroy at cannabisinline.com. Cannabis in Line is produced in San Diego, California. Jessica Garcia serves as a general manager. Elia Ramos as the creative director. JC Polk as executive producer and founding partner. Lena Alvarez assists with production, and Chad Peace, who is a president and founding partner. To learn more about March and Ash and their premium cannabis products, visit their website at marchandash.com. This podcast is a production of Olas Media. Thank you for listening. Olas Media. Hey, what's up? I'm Rocky from March and Ash. Have you heard about the new ABX sauce cartridge? They're carefully curated top-shelf extracts that showcase unique flavors and effects of each plant. And get this, their live resin sauce cartridges focus more on cannabis terpenes than THC levels. Papaya Bomb is a must-try, with heavy fruity aromas and tropical fruit, citrus, and gassy flavors. Consumers have reported euphoric, uplifting, happy effects, followed by a calming sensation. Head to marchandash.com to learn more, or ask any concierge at any marchandash. Catch you later.